This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Yeah, you know how it is. You know, just got uh, got a little tangled up in practice, but uh, I'm going to do whatever it takes. You know, it's playoffs, so I'm going to do whatever it takes to be out there on Saturday with my teammates and uh, trying to help this team win. Oh boy. Didn't, uh, didn't foresee this being a thing leading into the Vikings' biggest game of the year. But Are we going to get an Adam Thielen, Kurt Schilling, Sutures in the Ankles game? Are we going to get the blo- a Bloody Sock game 2.0 here? I the Vikings' version of the Bloody Sock catch game? catch-up sock? What do you mean? Kurt Schilling's an honest guy, isn't he? <laughs> He didn't go bankrupt, losing fifty million dollars with a here's I've got a game company. Game I've got a very simple question: Can Adam Thielen run now after this? I don't think we know because <laughs> this is my this is my. I don't care if we get blood in the sock. I don't really care about that, but I do care if, if the guy can run or not. And the fact he's questionable, like you got to be a little bit apprehensive. I'm not, or I won't be truly concerned until. They either take the field on Saturday afternoon without him or with him sort of gimping along, but uh, this feels way too Vikings like. Well, here's a. get hurt, by the way. Here's the transcript from Mike Zimmer's media session today. <laughs> I'm sure he revealed all. I'm sure he told us everything we need to know. Yeah. If you're wondering, what's the status of Adam Thielen? And how did he hurt his ankle at practice? How did he, like, gash, gash open his ankle at practice this week? You think practice. Is mostly about scheming. You're not going too hard in practice this time of year. You're mostly game planning, right? Well, the first question to Mike Zimmer was, do you think what happened to Adam Thielen in practice yesterday will limit him in the game? And Zimmer said, I don't know. He's questionable. Okay? Keep going. It gets Uh, better. Question number two. By the way, PJ Fleck joins us in about 10 minutes. Also, Tony Dungy at 5 o'clock. Huge show today. Question number two. Uh, Okay, what exactly happened to Adam Thielen's ankle? Mike Zimmer, I don't know. We don't talk about things that happen in practice. What? Question number three. Okay, Fight uh, Club? Number one rule about practice? (laughs) You don't talk about practice? Uh, Actually, question number number three was about whether uh, the Vikings' experience in playoff games would matter. And then someone, in in a very Judd Zolgad-like way, brought the conversation back to Adam Thielen. I've seen Judd in action as a beat writer in these settings. Like, no, this is about Adam Thielen. And the fourth question was, okay, back to Adam Thielen. Was it just sort of a fluke where somebody stepped on him? Just kind of a weird situation? And Mike Zimmer says, I don't know. 
Thanks, Mike. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. What happened to Adam Thielen? So uh, with with that, now that now that Adam Thielen is officially questionable for this game against the 49ers, he's questionable for this game. How are you guys feeling here? How are you guys feeling about the Vikings' chances? Let's say Adam Thielen either can't play or he can't run at full speed and is just unavailable to do so, Adam Thielen things. Last week, when we got the news that Mike Hughes and Mackenzie Alexander were out on Friday, after giving the Vikings a better chance than I think just about anyone who talks about football, specifically the Vikings, as good a chance as anyone, if not a better chance than anyone, of them winning that football game, I quickly went, yeah, they're not they're not going to win this football game. And I came on this show and said, they're going to need to score at least 30 points to win that football game, being without Mackenzie Alexander, Mike Hughes going against Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Mike Thomas, and the rest of the crew there in New Orleans. And I was obviously wrong. Clearly, I was wrong. They won the football game, and they didn't need 30 points. I was wrong, and I probably overreacted to those injuries. So when I saw the Thielen news come out, I was like, all right, Robbie, you overreacted last week. Let's really think about... The Vikings without Adam Thielen or with the less effective Adam Thielen. Is this really as bad as it looks or as it seems? Is your knee-jerk reaction the right reaction? And I think, yeah, I think it's a big problem. (laughs) I'm going to run the risk of making this mistake again. I think it's a huge problem not having Adam Thielen at all, which it looks like he'll play, or even a less effective Adam Thielen on the football field. I think it is a significant problem, maybe one that could cost him a football game. I keep coming back to, can he run? Because he doesn't need to run super, super quick, because he's not super, super quick. But I guess my I guess my question is, and we'll see if and when he plays when the game starts on Saturday, is the one key is he's got to be a threat, right? Because if it's just Diggs and now it's your, and now it's no Thielen, I'm not saying Diggs can't have a good day. I mean, Treadwell's fresh. He sat the last game. Yeah, which really scares me. And they threw the ball to some practice squad kid that that we immediately called up the roster and had to look up. But if he can run, because the threat is Diggs playing, Thielen playing, Cook playing, right? So if he can get out there, and I don't care if the stitches burst, if he can still run and he's bleeding, I don't care about that. Can he catch the ball? The, The answer to that question is probably yes. So... I am reserving judgment. I do want to know, though, and I know a lot of fans don't care, but I do. I do want to know, how do you get hurt in a practice this close to a huge game? Yeah, that's when the question. You're, when you're this good. But, like, it, like if this happened to a fifth-string wide receiver who was screwing around, I'd be like, well, that's irresponsible, but I don't really care. But it's Adam Thielen. Yeah, but you're not, like, here's where I'm torn. I mean, how? I'm guessing it's just some freak thing. They're not... There's no way that they're going, you know, hardcore, and he got, you know, yeah. tackled aggressively. Like he's not getting tackled in practice. It's 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 likely that someone just stepped there, just running a route, and a cornerback or somebody, a safety, I don't know, stepped on his ankle. Of all the no? times for a fluky thing like that to occur, though, this does feel in some ways incredibly Viking-like, right? Of course, like it had to be the Vikings. You can't just bring in like a full. Close to healthy team, as close to healthy right. as you can be at this time of the NFL season when everyone's mostly banged up. You go in. I still feel like if if he plays and and let's say he's you know at least eighty to ninety percent of what he is, and this is just a it's it's a flesh wound. It's not like it's a, a high ankle sprain or something. It's a flesh wound. If it doesn't prevent but him from running flesh fast, wound. <laughs> if it if it <laughs> he's out, it's just his torso with no arms or legs. One of the great. <laughs> I mean, if if it's if it's not something that hinders how fast he can run, yeah, 
I'm leaning toward the Vikings winning this game. So I've just been I. thinking on this all week, and they're di- they're dialed in in terms of game planning defensively. Jimmy Garoppolo, you can fluster Jimmy Garoppolo. You know this is this is a first time spot for Kyle Shanahan too. And if if the Vikings don't get unlucky with an injury situation here, it would just be a shame if that would if they were ready to beat the Niners and like. Adam Thielen getting stabbed by someone's cleat in in a mostly meaningless practice. I think the edge, the difference between these two teams, whichever way you lean that that edge or difference is, is is razor thin. I, I haven't come up with a prediction yet. I, I honestly haven't. I don't have a thought on who I think will win this game yet, at least not a well-formulated one. As I sit here today, I think it's about 50-50. And when it's that close, missing a player, the caliber of Adam Thielen, or even having a guy at less than 100% like Adam Thielen, not as effective as he could be out there on the football field, that can be the difference. I feel like it's going to be Vikings by three, and I'm probably way too swayed by what happened in the Superdome on Sunday. But when Zimmer unveiled that game plan, my thought keeps coming back to, "Uh uh-huh, okay, what's next? Not, oh no, you got Garoppolo now, right? When, When you can go in and stop... Drew Brees, and not just stop him, but make him look as bad as I think I've ever seen Drew Brees look, right? When you can go in and hold Michael Thomas to seven catches, pretty good day. 70 yards, which is nothing. Kittle looks scary to me. Yes, he does. And they've got some guys that that can certainly run and catch the football. But now my question is, if you could do that to, to, uh, to the Saints, and I realize that you had a longer week to do it, but if you could do that, to the Saints on the road in that environment, I can't dismiss the fact that there could be a curveball or something that we're going to see starting at 3.30 on Saturday where you say again, yes. And the other thing I really liked was I thought the I thought the entire stew of how they put the Cousins game plan together was, was ideal, which was not to say Kirk... You've got to be the star. It was to say, Kirk, there are times where we need you to do X, Y, and Z, but you can do those things, and we know that, and Kirk did those things. Hey, back to your defensive point, though, for a second. Like, what's the next wrinkle? What's the next thing? And on Tuesday's cram session, Jonathan asked us, okay, what what, what do you predict is the next thing, the next curveball that Mike Zimmer throws at the next opponent here? And the more you start to really break down what San Francisco is good at offensively, they have fast, wide receivers, and you start to, okay, what, what what does San Francisco have? And then what does Minnesota have? And the Vikings have a cornerback in Xavier Rhodes that you don't really trust, certainly on an island by himself at this point anymore, against most receivers, but especially against fast receivers, right? It just seems like a recipe for disaster. And it seems like you're almost always going to have to dedicate safety help over the top, right? Doesn't this point more and more to what I said in cram session? And I, apparently I stole it from Alex Boone, but maybe it's just two great football minds thinking alike. Xavier Rhodes on George Kittle as the wrinkle and this then, weekend. And then what's the wrinkle elsewhere? Holton Hill plays a lot and takes Cross your fingers and pray. One of the receivers. <laughs> I don't know. No, I mean, Holton Hill is faster than Rhodes now, right? Easily. So does Holton Hill take the receiver? Waynes takes. A receiver, which sort of does scare me a little bit, but I can I mean, see someone, that. I mean, someone, ha- someone, someone has, has to do it. And Rhodes takes, and, and Rhodes and a combination of Rhodes and Kendricks take Kittle. Is that the key? It could be. I still like the idea of giving Garoppolo different looks from uh, Barr as well. 
I think you got to do something to fluster him. I, I think part of the key to slowing them down is to apply pressure. And it's going to have to be pressure that that Shanahan and Garoppolo don't expect, at least at, at the outset. The other thing that, that we talked about today on Score North Live quite a bit was Kittle can catch passes. You almost don't care. Like, he can have 10 catches, 12 catches. It's the yak. Football sound, oh, please. Oh, sorry, hold on. Uh, go back and do that one Kittle more time. Kittle can catch passes. 10 passes, 12 passes. You don't care. It's the yak. Football. Yakety, yakety yak. Because he got the yak. He's got the yak going for him. Sure. So if you can hold him, if you can give up six-yard, six let's say, receptions to Kittle and bang, you tackle him, you're like, okay, that's cool. That's fine. Yeah. It's when he catches the ball, it's a six-yard reception, and now he gets 25 yeah. more yards. So, I mean, th- th- there are so, so, fun. so many fun components about this game, and if... Maybe we can talk more about this later on in the show, but I was just I was on Rami's old station, the fan in Milwaukee, this afternoon with our guy uh, Bill Michaels, who also hosts our favorite Packer Ventline show, the Green and Gold Post Game Show, that has been feeding our show content for years. His friends call him Billy Mike. I feel like Billy you can just Mike? call him Billy Mike Me at this point. Billy Mike yeah. and I were kicking it around, and I told Billy Mike, if, I'm totally jinxing this right now, but if there are football gods that care about the Midwest, please let there be a Vikings Packers set of wins this weekend so those two teams can play each other at Lambeau Field for a Super Bowl trip. I mean, come on. Like, isn't I'm that totally with you. the best scenario for this weekend? I know Vikings fans, it's it's not part of your DNA to root for the Packers. But what would be the most fun thing? If the if you're rooting for the Vikings to get to the Super Bowl, wouldn't it be fun for the Packers to be the team that you conquer in their stadium at the end of the NFC road? Like, come on. That's what I'm rooting for this weekend. That's be the so script. Much fun. I mean, that's that's the Hollywood script that you would write for this team if you were writing this this into a Hollywood script, would it not be? They beat you twice. Your hated rivals. You have to go through them again. Not only that team, but on their field to get to the promised land of the Super Bowl. That's that's the that's the most dramatic way to get there. That's for sure. It might not be the path of least resistance. Although I think it is. I think the Seahawks are a tougher matchup for the Vikings, but. That is that's the most dramatic way to get where they're trying to go right now. Kirk Cousins stars in Green Bay, throws three touchdowns, ends with uh Sorry, I'm on the wrong page. Really, this is I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Jonathan, I'm you know. Sorry. I'm you know, sorry. Hey, you held me with twenty points, man. You gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? <laughs> Echoing throughout the bowels of Lambeau Field. Judd and I are like the pitcher-catcher combination right now. We're like, I'm putting down the two. He's shaking me off. Like, no, like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> change, change. I want to throw the change. So uh, we're going to keep it here. Whenever you're listening to Mackie and Judd with Rami, you're always getting 25 straight minutes of Mackie and Judd with Rami, whether you like it or not. Tony Dungy is set to join the show in about 45 minutes from now. We'll get some sage football wisdom in about 10 or 15 minutes, but let's catch up with, uh, we actually did this about an hour ago, uh, Radio uh, radio Secrets. We, we taped P.J. Fleck a little while ago. We had a great conversation with our friend P.J. Fleck after his Outback Bowl win, and uh, let's roll tape here, Jonathan. All right, and now we welcome in Gophers head coach and uh, champion of the Outback Bowl in a win over Auburn last week, P.J. Fleck to the Mackey and Judd with Rami's show, and my first question off the bat is a very important one. PJ, are you ready? Are you? Prepared? I am ready. Did you get a selfie photo with the Outback Bowl Bloomin' Onion mascot after that game was over? <laughs> Not after the game, but uh, 
prior festivities before that, yes. Of course. Nice. Amazing. Was there was there Bloomin a onions, Bloomin' onions for everybody. Did the was there an accompanying uh, dip mascot standing next to it or just the Bloomin' Onion mascot? There really should be. No, there was something else next to it. I, a coconut shrimp, I think it was. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. pretty that's good, right. DJ. <laughs> coconut shrimp is solid, <laughs> underrated, I would say. Yeah, I don't even I like coconut. Coconut shrimp, mine, mine, not so much. Yeah, I don't even like coconut, but I like coconut shrimp. Is there a better appetizer than the Outback Bloomin' Onion? I, I can't. I know these aren't football questions, but coach, is there a better appetizer out there than the Outback Bloomin' Onion? That thing is money. It's, it's pretty popular. I would say that there's, uh, you know, some goat cheese dips and stuff like that at certain restaurants. We like. I'm a huge goat cheese guy, so uh, you know, I like. Stuff like that. A goat cheese guy. That is amazing. By I've the never, way. I've never heard anybody refer to themselves as a goat cheese guy. That's goat, goat cheese. Also very good. Uh, so, P- P- PJ, where does this win, uh, especially you know, with, with the circumstances of I think Auburn opened as an eight point favorite. Where does this take you guys in terms of the program too? Because you know, to do it in a standalone Jan one bowl. Um, and to get a win against a program that strong, especially coming off the uh, Wisconsin loss, what did that mean to your program and to you as a coach? Well, it just shows the resolve of our football team that you know you're not going to let one game define you in the positive way or in a negative way. You know, we're building a program, we're building a championship program, uh, we're building a very very strong culture built on a foundation of character, uh, academically, athletically, socially, and spiritually. So, for us, it just shows that. You know, we'll be able to respond to whatever that comes our way. Uh, we're getting better as a football team. Uh, our, our team is not necessarily worried about what opponent we have, but just how well we play and how well we execute and how well we run our offense, defense, special teams, and really just how well this team can play together as a team. And uh, that's why I'm so proud of them. They, they created over 100 different nevers and firsts. They created over 60 restorations, we call them. This is one of the most historic years in the history of our program, and it needs to be celebrated and needs to be looked at that way. Coach, sometimes in a in, in, in a way that you can kind of look at things in a very cynical way, it's it's a it really needs to be celebrated and looked at as this is kind of a giant drawing a line in the sand, saying you know this program is is going to be back to where it used to be, but in modern day kind of football. And coach, I, when you mentioned cynicism, when we were waiting to hear the announcement of which bowl you guys would be headed to and who you would be facing, I don't mind admitting that I I was on one side of the fence and one of my co-hosts was on that side of the fence with me of saying, "Let's get an easy win here. Let's get a program that you you're pretty sure you're going to go out and beat because this is basically an advertisement for recruiting and and what the program is and what you guys have accomplished." Judd was saying, "Bring on Auburn, bring on Alabama, bring on whoever it is." He gave you guys a, a chance to win that game and to really put on stage what this program was all about. Are you thinking about that at all before you hear your bowl matchup, or are you just preparing and bring on whoever it is that they bring on? Oh uh, No, first of all, you want to play in the best bowl game you can possibly play in, and if you're going to play in one of the best bowl games you can play in, you're going to play an elite opponent. So leading up to that, we didn't know whether, you know, going into that, we were going to play in the Rose Bowl if we beat Wisconsin. We knew we'd have the Pac-12 winner. Uh, we knew that if we went to the Outback or Citrus Bowl, we'd have the number, you know, number two, number three, number four teams in the SEC. So we knew that they'd be right up there with everybody else. And once we knew that we weren't playing in the Rose Bowl, we were either going to play in Citrus or Outback, that we knew we'd either play Alabama and Auburn. And uh, if you had to pick a, if you had to flip a coin, and Alabama's on one side, Auburn's on the other, I'm not sure where, you, where you'd want it to land. Um, but the one thing our team was is we don't care who we play. You know, we're going to get Alabama or know we're going to get Auburn, but we love that. We want to embrace that. To be a blue blood and to become a blue blood like we were back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, you got to beat blue blood teams like that. 
And this is our first top 10 win against a non-conference opponent ever. Think about that, ever. And, and, if, and if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. And, and for teams like Auburn and Alabama and Minnesota playing those teams and expecting to win, that scares some people. You know, that, that makes people uneasy. But that's what we're going to need to be able to get ourselves back to that blue blood mentality, those wins like that. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think I can speak for all of us, and and, and, and this is Rami's first year uh, in the Twin Cities with us, but it's the most fun that we've had watching Gophers football probably in my lifetime, PJ. I mean, I'm 34, 35 years old, and it was just – it was it was unbelievably fun watching the team. And I've said this to these guys on the show. You don't just – like, if, if you're going to take a program from wherever it is to top 15 program or top 12 program like, like you guys have done this year – you're not just going to flip on the lights and get a bunch of four and five star recruits, and all of a sudden, all right, let's now we've got an Alabama roster and an Auburn roster. Let's get ready to rock. You're going to have to coach up the talent that you have, and then bring in new talent. What is it about your coaching staff that squeezes extra toothpaste out of the tube, so to speak, uh, with this roster? Well, first of all, they coach up, they teach up, they educate up, they love up. Uh, they do all of that. You know, it, it's difficult to coach on our staff just because every stone is turned over. Uh, and academically, athletically, socially, spiritually, our players and coaches are demanded to perform at a very high level. And, you know, we just had 86 players above a 3.0. Okay. And we have a 3.21 GPA, which is the highest in the history of our program. And then you come with 11 win season. We only have five players on this team that are four star or above. Everybody else is three star or two stars. So you've got to get the most out of our players. And I think our staff does a really good job, probably the best in the country, at developing the talent that we have in all areas of their life. And if you can win off the field, you're going to win on the field because that's going to be a culture, that's going to be a team, that's people who do things the right way, and those are going to be people who are connected. And I think that's what our staff brings to the table. Has there been a part of this success that's come fairly quickly, PJ, that that doesn't surprise you in the fact it's come, but in the quickness, in, in the fact that in a relatively short time, you've taken a program that's had lots of lows and gotten it uh, uh, this to this point this quickly. Well, you can't worry about where we've been. You only can worry about where you are and where you're going. Uh, you have to embrace your past to create your future. And that's what we continue to tell our players to be able to do on a daily basis. But in terms of speed, how it happens, we have a certain way of doing it. We only had 11 seniors this year. So some people say maybe we're ahead of schedule. Well, we have those, those other players who are not seniors are incredible young men who have picked this program to make it a championship program, to restore it of our traditions of old with a new type of culture for the modern-day era of football, on the field and off the field. So it's no surprise that these guys are able to do that because of the character they are. These guys are usually around high school teams that they've turned around, that they flipped, that they made better, that they made champions. So there's no coincidence that they're doing it now. Time is just, it's going to happen at some point if the, if the actual culture and the process are in place and done the right way. It's going to happen at some point. You don't really have a determination of when that happens. The light goes on for different cultures and programs, or the light never goes on and coaches get fired. So it's either one or the other. And we have elite people here who are willing to do uncommon things together, and they decided to do that no matter what anybody else told them they could or could not do. Because remember, this team was picked sixth in the West by the media outsource, right? So sixth. And they ended up 11-2 and in the most modern-day era of football since 1904, won the most games in the history of our program in 115 years. So, And we were picked sixth. That takes elite young men and elite coaches 
to be able to have that happen in an elite culture. And when you talk about elite coaches, uh, one of one of them moved on to Penn State shortly after your season was over. How how do you prevent taking a step back in any of those areas that you talked about when you lose a guy as important to your staff as you have already? Well, first of all, Kirk, Kirk Rock is a wonderful friend, a tremendous football coach. I'm very proud of him, very happy for him to be able to go out and live his dream. He's from Pennsylvania. I've said all along I want my coaches to, to leave and go fulfill their dreams. My dream has come true. Every one of my coaching staff members have made my dream come true. And so the way you pay that forward as a coach is you allow them to be able to live out their dream by supporting them because they've helped you have your dream come true. And that's only fair. Uh, and that's how we run our program. Now, I think we showed in the bowl game that this program is not based on one coach, whether it's offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, wide receiver coach, head coach. We need each other. And the power of people in numbers is really what the secret sauce is, is the power. And that's what we were able to provide. Mike Sanford's here. He's a tremendous football coach. Um, we're actually meeting this whole week just on our offense, and he's learning that, picking it up. And we're going to be better for it because somebody else is going to be able to keep 85% of what we do and then add a new 15% flair. Um, our coaches are going to be able to add a little bit more, uh, do some things, throw some things out that maybe we didn't like, add some new things, add new wrinkles. So I think it can only make it better when you have change as long as you embrace change properly. Uh, PJ, what do you expect from Tyler Johnson and now Antoine Winfield Jr. at the next level in the NFL? Well, first of all, very excited for both of them. Uh, they've had tremendous careers at the University of Minnesota. You know, everybody talked about Antoine coming out early, but it's really not early. I mean, this is fourth year, right? I mean, this guy should be a true senior, right, with Carter Coughlin and Thomas Barber and guys like that. But uh, we support him 100%, wish him all the best. He's given so much to the University of Minnesota. He's going to make a team way better. And I think he's going to surprise people. I think people are going to get him as a steal, especially since he came out quote-unquote early. I think people are going to get him as a steal. Uh, and then you're going to see him play in the league for a long time. Uh, and then when you look at Tyler Johnson, his career here is second to none. I think he leaves here as the greatest receiver in the history of University of Minnesota. Yeah. With all due respect to Ron Johnson, uh, Eric Decker, guys like that. But I think they'd all agree of what he was able to do. Coming back for his senior year, being the most prolific receiver in Minnesota history, and really changing the dynamic of what we're doing as a program. You uh, you going to watch Vikings Niners this weekend? Oh, of course I am. I mean, absolutely. I was glued to the TV last week. So that was much a fun, fun game to watch, too, and uh, getting the Saints again. Yeah. Which team wins, though? Because you you played for uh, San Fran, and obviously now you know, know Kirk, and uh, I'm sure Mike as well. Well, I'm not even sure if the Niners remember me even on their team. I, I was only there two and a half years. And once, and once they realized that I was still on the team, they kind of forgot for a while. They once they realized that I got cut. So um, I, you got to go with the hometown uh, Skull Vikes. I mean, that, that's easy. Uh, you know, I just um, it, it's so fun to be able to have them have the success they had with Kirk Cousins having the success he has. And, you know, Kirk's never one to sit there and prove doubters wrong. I don't think that's his mission, but – He's showing what type of quarterback he truly is, and I think it always takes time when you get to a new system and a new place, and I think he's showing what the the maturity and the growth comes after about a year and a half to two years in the same system. Yeah. Well, PJ, thank you for uh, for coming on the show uh, today and a couple times through the season. It was just uh, it was a lot of fun watching go for football this year, and we're already looking forward to next year, so we'll, uh, we'll talk again soon, man. We are too, guys. Roll the boat, Sky Yamaha. Go Gophers. Let's go Vikes. Thanks. I like that. I like the way he tagged that at the very end there, the, the, the Skull Vikes. Got to mix it up every once in a while. Yeah. Um, maybe we can add like a Twins one to it. Timberwolves haven't really been playing. Is it just well, this season? Go Twins? Do they we're, have a we're, thing? We're going to win Twins. 
Is Would that it a be thing? We're going to win twins. Bombas? Bomba season. Bombas Hashtag a- Bomba season. Bombas away. Bombas away. That could work too. Mm-hmm. Could work. So uh, thanks for PJ. Thanks to PJ Fleck for joining the Mackie and Joe with Rami show. It's always fun when we when we talk to him. When we come back, some sage football wisdom and two main themes with our friend Sage Rosenfels. Number one, the performance of Kirk Cousins against New Orleans and what to look for against the Niners. And Sage spent several years playing under, at the time, position coach Kyle Shanahan, who's now the head coach of the 49ers. So a bunch of inside information here from our friend Sage and Tony Dungy in about 30 minutes from now on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. But let's talk about something very, very important here. And that would be how you're doing saving money for retirement. Now, I don't care whether you're 30 or whether you're 60 or somewhere in between. There are things you can and should be doing to make sure you get to dictate what your life looks like in retirement. And that's where Dale Tondrick comes in and Tondrick Wealth Management. They'll help you set up a plan to make sure you are on the right track financially for retirement. Now, there's a number of different factors in play here. I mean, there's the possibility of if you're not doing the right things, you could run out of money later in your life. That would be very, very bad. Uh, Maybe on the other side, maybe you're actually able to retire earlier than you think. Instead of, I don't know, 65, maybe you can retire at 56 or whatever if you make the right financial decisions leading up to that point. Now, there's also various tax-related things that could save or cost you money depending on which path you choose, and that, again, is where Dale comes in. Dale Tondrick and Tondrick Wealth Management can be found at 952-401-1671. That's 952-401-1671 or myinvestingcoach.com. Also, Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here for business owners out there. If you're a business owner, and I've been one in my life, it's very difficult. It's also very rewarding if things are going in the right direction. You pour your life and your energy into a business, and the last thing you want is for something to happen that puts you on the defense. That's where our friends at Federated come in. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, over a century of experience in standing behind business owners. And they help business owners in many different industries. We're talking about auto services, Cabinet and custom woodworking retailers, wholesalers, contractors, dealerships, funeral services, machine, plastics, tooling. If your business falls under one of these categories, go to their website, federatedinsurance.com. Find out why they've been such a trusted resource and a trusted partner of many businesses. In fact, at Federated, they believe their value is measured by the success of you, the business owner. If you win, they win. Federatedinsurance.com. To find out more information, and remember, at Federated, it's their business to protect yours.